It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. In today's show, I'm talking 2021 NBA draft. Players who might be busts, players who might be gems. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We are 24 hours out from the draft. I was... Going to do another mock draft today, but I thought I did one yesterday. Let's just let it sit there. I was going to do a draft tiers big board show, but basically it would be players in a, almost the same order as yesterday's mock draft, just put into classes, which maybe there's some value in that. But what I decided to do instead is look at five players who I think can be busts at their projected draft spots and five players who I think will be gems at their projected draft spots. Before I talk about that, though, don't forget, the Locked On Podcast Network, we've got a live NBA Draft show tomorrow. NBA Draft GOAT, Chad Ford. Locked On NBA Draft host, Rafael Barlow. You've both you've heard both of those guys on this show. And Locked On NBA and Locked On Celtics host, John Corrales, will be live this year covering the NBA Draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Plus, you probably see me on there as well, doing something. You'll see. I'll be, uh, I, don't exa- I don't even know exactly what I'm going to be doing, but I'm going to be doing something on there. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage July 29th, 7 p.m. Eastern. So, again, as I preambled on yesterday's show, I've got no idea if these players are going to be busts or going to be gems because NBA GMs don't even know any of that stuff. But this is what I think, and I use this on ESPN's latest mock draft of the position these players are projected to go at who I think is going to be a bust at that position and who I think is going to be a steal at their respective position. So let's talk about that right now. Let's kick things off with busts. ESPN has James Booknight projected to go number six. If you remember my mock draft yesterday, I am at number 20. I just don't see it. At pick number six, I I just do not see it for Booknight, a guy with iffy shot selection, iffy percentages. Can he defend? I don't know. Can he pass for others, create for others? Not sure. What does he do apart from maybe being a scorer? And even that, to me, is a bit of a question mark. 
he could become a very good scorer for sure. I just think taking him at pick six is a quite poor... Now, pick six isn't the greatest pick, obviously. I just think it's a, a quite a poor use of resources for a bloke who maybe we think is going to be a good scorer. Maybe. Maybe he's an okay shooter. I, I just... I, I don't know. I'm, and I am not doubting the veracity of ESPN's mock draft or their reporting here saying that the Thunder are going to be in on book night at six. Uh, from what I understand, they're massively in on him. I just think it's a huge mistake. I could be very wrong on this. Of course, with any of these things, I could be wrong, they could be wrong, whatever. Yeah, but I just... Book night at six, I, I tell you now, if he goes at six or seven, when I do my dynasty ranks, he won't be six or seven. He won't be top 10, is, is my estimation for when I do my dynasty ranks. I think that is real, real bust. Remember, again, oh, he, he's a bucket getter. Yeah, okay, that's cool. What if he's Dion Waiters? What if he's OJ Mayo? Is that a good pick? The answer is no. Because these guys who have this reputation, and Dion Waiters is a better pass than what Book Knight is. Um, and I'm sure there's plenty of other examples I can think of in that area. And there are other examples of guys. Yeah, Bradley Beal. That's great. He's not Bradley Beal. I, I just, he's young. He's got that going for him. He's got good size. That's great. I don't know. I just, I would not, I've said this multiple times. I just wouldn't be burning pick six on James Booknight. If you're watching this on YouTube, in the comments, would you? Do you think that's... And ESPN's mock draft has um, Scotty Barnes going at five and Booknight at six with the usual top four. Would you be burning pick six on Booknight? Let me know down below. All right, let's talk about the next guy on my bust list. Number 13, Davion Mitchell. Ooh. Um, yeah, look... This is more reasonable than where he was initially yeah, being projected at maybe seven or eight. And the blurb there on ESPN's mock draft says that teams are cooling on him because, again, he's one of those guys. And, and the same goes for, to an extent, Suggs, but you're mainly someone like Corey Kispert. Like these are players who you know, were in the national consciousness getting through to the NCAA championship game. And ESPN's blurb says this about Mitchell. It's like, oh, yeah, he was great in that championship run. But since that, yeah, Buzz has cooled, his stock has cooled, which to me is just absolutely ridiculous that NBA GMs or teams be like, oh, we saw him play in a big game on TV, therefore he's better than we think. What are you doing, guys? Have you not seen him play for three years, the 30 other games this season? You saw him get to a championship game and go, oh, we've got to get this guy, winner DNA. All right, guys, calm down. Now, Mitchell could be fine. He could be better than this for sure. I don't. I wouldn't even pick him. Pick number thirteen personally, even though he has cooled off. Um, and, and again, back to their report, it's like your teams got him in for individual workouts, and they went, "Yeah, maybe not." At thirteen, though, I still think it's too high for an older guy who I'm concerned about their shooting. Can he run point guard? What the hell? How small is he? There's too many concerns with me to be even taking him inside the top twenty. I I am more feel more comfortable with him dropping outside the top ten now. But I just, yeah, I'm just not here for Davion Mitchell as a lottery-type player. Rock Auto, though, that is, uh, that's the lottery. Hitting the, get, finding Rock Auto is the lottery of car repairs. And I know that's a terrible segue, but it doesn't matter because with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of cars, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. 
Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Don't need to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump. I don't even think, do we even have Honda Odysseys in Australia? I don't know. I don't know anything about cars. But a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's only $216 from Rock Auto. Rock Auto, family business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, the next guy on my bust list. Number 14. They've got the Warriors selecting Chris Duarte. We're going to talk about Mitchell being old. Duarte is like 24. I know the Warriors are in win-now mode, but that gets, it gets players, and or not players, it gets media members and teams spooked because they'll look at it and go, well, Chris Duarte, he's, he's NBA ready because he's 24. Is he though? This is the thing that I seem to think with that. Like, okay, so Jimmer Fredette was NBA ready, was he? Frank Kaminsky, NBA ready. Doug McDermott, NBA ready. These guys all sucked as rookies. Older players generally stay in college longer because they're not as good, and then they tend to beat up on younger, inexperienced opponents in college and put up good numbers as seniors or juniors. That doesn't make them NBA ready. So to me, this rationale of having Duarte at 14, whether that's coming from just ESPN thinking that's what they do or hearing that from the Warriors, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're hearing that from the Warriors, It just screams, oh, he's old, so he's ready. What does it actually mean? If you're not good enough to play in the NBA, you're not ready. Who was the most NBA-ready rookie last year? It was an 18-year-old that played 12 games in Australia. Uh, It just doesn't make... That's LaMelo Ball, if you don't understand what I'm talking about. So Duarte can be absolutely a solid role-player shooter. He's got some defensive ability. He's got okay size. He's an okay passer. But are they expecting him to come in and play 27 minutes, 28, 24 minutes straight away, be a big rotation piece? That might not be a possibility at all. Like Jordan Poole, who's like three years younger, has three years of NBA experience. He's going to be a better option for them, almost no doubt. And where's the future upside in Duarte? I just, I don't see it. I think he's first round player for sure, but back end rather than lottery. Number five in ESPN's mock draft, I referenced it early, earlier. Scott Barnes. Now, I know there are a lot of people, and get your angry keyboards going, who are going to be like, man, Barnes, no, he's awesome. Barnes should be top three. Draymond Green is who he's going to be. Maybe. Or maybe he's Evan Turner. I don't know. I think he's quite a good defender. He's a very good defender. Very good defender. Um, He's got size. He's got length. I think I had him at nine in my mock draft. 
But there's a chance that the offense is just so bad that he can't ever be a starting caliber player. And at pick five, I just think there's massive bust potential in that. Again, somebody in the top five is going to be bad. There is rarely a draft where somebody in the top or everybody in the top five is excellent. It, it just it just rarely happens. And to me, the biggest candidate for being that guy in the top five with the presumed Cunningham, Green, Mobley, Suggs combination, um, and then Barnes, allegedly, and, and everything seems to be firming up that Barnes is going to go at number five. He could even go at number four, to be honest. Like That's something I'm hearing as well. But someone's going to be bad. Last year's top five, Edwards, Wiseman, Lamello, Patrick Williams, and Okoro. Well, at this point, Wiseman was terrible. Williams was all right. Okoro was all right. Lamello was great, and Edwards was bad and then really good. Yeah, So, you know, Tyrese Halliburton was pick 12. He was better than all of those guys apart from Mallow and, and Anthony Edwards. Yeah, Isaiah Stewart, Anthony, uh, Cole Anthony. These guys were better than the guys picked ahead of them. Sadiq Bay. There are plenty of different guys who could jump up into that area. And I'm not saying that Wiseman and, and Williams are going to be you know, busts or you know, Okoro. They're not going to be worth it long term. But you know, being picked in the top five does not guarantee you that. I guess maybe you could look at 2019 draft and go Zion, Jar, RJ Barrett, DeAndre Hunter, and Darius Garland was a really strong top five. Fine. Then number six was Jarrett Culver. Yeah, number eight was Jackson Hayes. Yeah, these don't always work out. And to me, Barnes has significant risk that that shooting just does not come around. I am significantly lower on him than a lot of people. I could be very wrong on that. Maybe the defense and passing is just so good. It's just so unbelievably next level that the shooting doesn't matter, and then maybe he does develop a shot. But they say compare him to Ben Simmons, who's getting shit on left, right, and center all the time. His passing is not at Ben Simmons' level. His defense, I don't think, is quite at Ben Simmons' level. Um, Simmons is bigger, and Simmons is getting killed all, all over the place. Uh, I think, he, And I think Simmons' offensive game is a lot better than what Barnes' is. Simmons is a better rim finisher than what uh, than what Barnes is also. All right, let's go to the next one. I know, again, I, I out of these ones, I feel like I could be the most wrong on Barnes. He could be an absolute star for sure, but I just I'm, I'm just think there's too much bench role player potential there. I don't know why that graphic says number one because he's not number one. I'm going to go and adjust that right now. All right, that is, uh, that is much better. Number 11 is Corey Kispert. They've got mocked going at number 11. Now, you can see a little bit of a pattern in what I don't like here. Mitchell, Duarte, Kispert. All guys who are older players. And Kispert, I think, runs into a similar issue with Mitchell, is that he's really hyped up from playing on an excellent Gonzaga team. Or Gonzaga. Um, Now, granted, he made them into a pretty good team. But I just think pick 11, taking a guy like Kispert, who is a shooter... And he's a very good shooter. And shooting is important. But can you do something else? One other thing apart from shooting? Can you score? Can you get to the rim? Can you create for others? Can you defend? Can you rebound? Can you do any of those things? I'm not sure that he can. There is a little bit more juice in his offensive game versus just being a shooter. Um, I think he can, yeah, he can do a little bit more off movement, which is really important. But again, older player, 
shot well, limited in a lot of other areas. I'm just not sure. Again, with some of the other guys who were still on the board at that point, I'm just not sure that Kispert is worth it. Taking, Getting him in that... yeah. Again, these teams who are picking in this area here are not particularly good. Kispert's great on a good team where he can fill a role where he plays 24 minutes off the bench. Starts, perhaps, as a spacer. But I, I just don't... I just think there's a real chance that... Well, if the shooting doesn't come around at all, if, it, if, it's, if he's a 36% shooter, which is still pretty good, but it's not 43 then what's the point? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, what's the point? Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing now, and you can track on all, all the action at Bet Online. You can probably also do some NBA draft props over there too. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, as well as UFC, MMA action, PJ Golf as well. Before the next pitch, Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today using our promo code LOCKEDON and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, so let's move on from busts potential busts, guys that I'm scared of at, at those particular positions. And let's look at some gems, some potential steals based on where they're projected to go. Number 23. What's my theme music? Sharif Cooper. ESPN has projected to go at 23, and he's allegedly falling down boards a little bit at the moment. I just think Sharif's ability to be a high-usage player to be a high assist percentage player, to carry a gigantic offensive load, to get to the line a shit ton, is really important. Now, he is a horrendous defender. Absolutely shit house. Like, Trey Young-level defensive problems, probably. He's, he's short. But good free-throw shooter, and, and, and currently bad you know, three-point shooter, not a good mid-range guy. I think those things can improve. I think there's the form's a bit all over the shop. I think it can improve to be solid enough, but with his scoring ability, his attack mentality, with his um, really high-level passing, I think that Sharif at 23 is a huge, huge steal. There's just multiple things that he can do. If the shooting hits, then we're talking a top five, top seven player in this class. If it improves... And if it becomes actually good, then holy shit, he's going to be awesome. So I think getting him at 23 would be a massive, massive steal for the Houston Rockets if that is, in fact, how the NBA draft plays out, which it almost definitely won't. The package. The package! Jaden Springer. They've got him going at number 30. Like Sharif Cooper, I think there's just massive upside in getting a ball handler who's already going to be a very high-level defender. I think he could probably be more impactful as a defender than than Davion Mitchell is in the NBA, just because he's got that extra size. He's got some athleticism. I think he's got some good passing upside, and I think the shooting can be okay. It can be actually probably better than average. And again, taking a flyer on a guy like that who's 18, 
Um, really, really makes sense to me. I just don't see why he would fall. Yeah, as far as that, it just it just seems um, insane that he would go down to number thirty. And I know he is sliding a little bit at the moment, but it just. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to make any sense to me that he would go behind. Let's. I'm just going to look at their mock draft now. Uh, Zaire Williams, Cam Thomas, um, Dayron Sharp, Quinton Grimes, Josh Primu, Primo. Sorry, not Primu. Primo. I'm thinking. Uh, I'll get old Keith Primu. Um, it just makes no sense to me that Springer would go at 30. I think there's real steel potential in Springer to be a starting NBA point guard and getting that pick 30, I think is absolutely tremendous value. Number 42 into their second round of ESPN's mock draft, Philip Petrusev, big man who did play for Gonzaga, but then went over to play for Mega Basket. He's 21 years of age, uh, a power forward center type player who really went over there, went to Europe, uh, left college, went to Europe and said, all right, I'm going to work on my game. And he worked on his game and he became awesome. Okay, I, I don't know if that's as simple as that, but it feels like it's as simple as that. He averaged 21 points with seven and a half boards. He blocked a shot. He hit 46% of his threes on three attempts per game. That's not gigantic volume, but it's pretty bloody good. He went 43 of 93 on his threes. Now, in college, he shot 27% across two years at Gonzaga. But that was on, what, 41 attempts. So he doubled his, over-doubled his volume and then hit them and hit four times as many threes. Really, really was able to turn into a high-usage, big, big-time player over in Europe. Um, he is a bit older as well. He just, he just turned 21. But again, if... I'm not taking him at pick 11 like Corey Kispert or 13 like Mitchell or 14 like Duarte. He's at 42. So I think you get, if you, you get him in the second round, he's going to definitely be a second round guy. He can very easily develop into a high-level backup center, Ennis Cantor perhaps, or a guy even better than that because he can start to shoot. And I don't think he's a horrendous, horrendous defender. But I think that's a great steal at 42. Number 52, normally picks after the 50s. They're just nothing picks. ESPN's got Vrenz Blyenberg going at 52. I got him as a first-round guy. I think Vrenz, with his height, with his ability to pass, um, with his ability to be an okay scorer, a solid rebounder, I just think there is so much to like here from Vrenz. Passing, three and a half assists per game in Europe in 26 minutes a night for Antwerp is pretty strong. The shooting isn't particularly good, but he did attempt over five threes a game. He hit him at 34%. He was only 68 from the line. He needs to work on that for sure. And his overall field goal percentage was pretty rough. His two-point shooting was bad. But getting those assist numbers for a 6'10 forward, uh, at 52, absolute no-brainer to me. Hey, look, at the very least to me, he's a top 40 player. And I think he's a first-round guy. And the last guy I want to talk about in my draft gems list is number 12. Alperen Shengun. Now, him going to the Spurs, people love mocking international players to the Spurs. It's the Spurs. They'll take the international guy, which they did when they took Luka Sharmanich. They also drafted Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, Devin Vassell. None of those guys are international players, but whenever there's an international guy, they've got to send him to the Spurs. Um, 
Now, the Spurs would absolutely not be crazy to take him. They'd be unbelievably justified to take Shingun, who I had at number four in my mock draft yesterday. Now, again, I'd probably ease off on that. Maybe I'll push him to five, actually, and push Suggs at four. Yeah, I was really close on those two guys. But Shingun's production, I'll say this about Shingun. His defense, I'm not really sure where it goes. I think he's okay. He's not great. He's not good. He's okay. But players with his statistical profile playing in Europe, they just... They just don't fail. Like those numbers, they the the hit rate on that is exceedingly high. Could he become Kevin Love? Nikola Vucevic? Is that top end outcome for him? Maybe. I think he can shoot threes. I think he can pass. He can definitely rebound. He can score. He's hyper efficient. He can block some shots. To me, he is a clear top 10 talent. And if you could get him at 12, again, one pick after Corey Kispert, if you can get Shingun at 12, uh, I think it's really, really good value. So I didn't have Jonathan Kaminga on this list because ESPN's mock actually did drop him down. Um, so he's he's been called on by teams. They had him going at number um, number eight, which while I don't, I didn't have him in my top 10, Kaminga, I don't hate it completely at eight. Like I had Moody and Giddy going after him who were, and Shingun who would all have ahead of him. But I don't hate that too much. But I do think if he goes at five or six, Kaminga, there is some real bust potential there. But that's who I've got for my draft busts, my draft gems. We'll find out tomorrow where all these players go. I can't wait for the NBA Locked On NBA Draft live show. And then, of course, my draft recap extravaganza where I talk about every draft pick and what it means, and then we head into another show after that with Dynasty Rankings for Rookies. I can't wait. NBA Draft, one of my favorite days, if not my favorite day of the year. Guys, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app while on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, but give it a thumbs up and leave your comments. Who is your draft gem? Who is your draft bust? And tell me how shit my lists are. Tell me how good they are as well, if you like. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. You sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.